to be a guide in anyone's life is a blessing also wrapped in responsibility. I know as a mom, as a guide, you become a person who advises or shows the way to others, your family, your coworkers. What do you do or say or what you do or say truly matters? The question is, are you guiding anyone? I'm tapping into this program of guiding with my 12-year-old. It's new territory and new perspective. Hold on. Let me properly welcome you. Welcome to Invisible Talks, where the truth, different perspectives, and stories are discussed with invisible voices. Media outlets vary in using anonymous sources. There's no such thing as off the record. But here on Invisible Talks, all of our stories are off the record. If you're good, put the pieces together. I'm your host, Tyra Elin, recording in the Podcast Town studio. I want to hear your story and perspective to make my life better. I'm tuned in. So I truly understand that in parenting, you're learning. I'm learning. I don't know if you parents are learning, but I'm learning. Um, But I had a few notes in mind. I had notes of what I appreciated that my mom did. My mom never hid anything from me. She was always teaching me practical life skills. When she was going through a moment, a lesson, she would break it down and teach it to me. And when I was going through many lessons, she would either help me get out of trouble or, you know, walk me through a process. But it was always these teachable moments in my life and in hers where I could see the real life of the situation. Right. And so I thought I'd be a teacher to my child until they were out of my house. (laughs) I mean, my mom was a teacher. My brother was in college still calling my mom (laughs) to get him out of trouble or, you know, to help him problem solve, which I think was And still is, because even though we're at this age, we're still calling on her for certain things. Um, It's beautiful, but I had to check myself. I was wrong. It's not being a teacher. I want you all to really hear that. When you get to a certain age and it varies on the child, you're no longer the teacher, you're the guide. And in some areas of life, the guide role had always led more than the teaching role. The example I have is this summer, I was super intentional with certain things with my girls. Um, I really could see a divide in them, not intentional, but um, just their age separation and when the oldest was in school versus the, the second and the third and how COVID played a role. And I try not to talk about COVID as much, but it's so relevant to some of the lessons that I've learned in my life over the last handful of years. Um, and it's still phasing out and trickling out, right? So some of the things that really impact my life during COVID, I'm really starting to see unfold good and bad right now. And so I could see that there was a difference between Ava for a while. We referenced her as the COVID baby because she was born during um, the COVID season. But I could just see that the dynamic between how they interacted together um, and with my husband and I, there were some things that we could work on to get our house a little bit more grounded. And so there were things that I implemented this summer Um, There was a fruit bowl on the table and I started to slowly stop buying all the snacks because I believed that the habits that I was creating for them now were the things that were going to sustain them later. They may drift, 
but they'll always go back to what mama did. Cause there are some things that I may have drifted from my mom, but I always go back to what she did. I mean, my mom kept a clean house. I was the only one living with her, so I kept a clean house, but she directed me, right? <laughs> she was guiding me to clean it. Um, so I implemented this fruit bowl and started to pull away some of the snacks and the juices, um, really big on water. I was drinking a lot of water um, because we're expecting. And so it's the summer, it's hot, I need to stay hydrated. But that also impacted my family because I'm buying cases on cases of water all the time <laughs> because I'm going through five bottles before they even wake up in the morning. Right. And so that was one of the things um, all of the all of the kids had different activities to participate in to start really building their confidence in the things that they enjoyed. So it was more about a confidence builder. So we have a lifestyle shift in what we intake in our body. Um, we have a physical shift of the activities we participate in and we have an emotional shift because the girls had to interact and as well as I had to adjust to how they play together, like the form of play and what that looks like in the roles in which they essentially hold in the family. Um, they had to learn how to navigate that because essentially during school, they only have the weekends together. That's it. That's all. And once you add in a church service or two, that's pretty much gone. So there are only a handful of hours out of seven days that they really get to spend time with each other and, um, get to know each other. And so with all three of those changes, me and my husband were talking yesterday and it was funny because I was, I made some comment about water and my husband was like, I can totally notice the difference. Like they want water. They ask for water. They don't look to have juice. And I drink apple juice every once in a while. So that's like a household staple um, to have apple juice, but they're really craving water. That was not something that I had to necessarily teach them with my words. When they would ask for juice one too many times throughout the day, I would say that's been enough juice, go grab some water. But that's pretty much where I left it at. They saw me drinking water. And so that changed the game because that in that role, that's where I see being a guide as crucial because a guide is doing a lot of things without words versus a teacher is walking one through step by step with words. Right. And giving examples. And so I just was like, wow, that's. I really just sat in that because then I was like, maybe I should just shut up all the time and just let my life speak to my kids, <laughs> uh, depending on what phase they're in. Um, so when I thought I was going to be a teacher to my kids until they were out of my house, I had that wrong. And I had it wrong in so many different ways because they're really watching what I do. And so where is the room for them to grow if I don't step into the guide role at times? Sometimes it's going in and out when the girls have disagreements, um, especially the oldest girl with the second oldest girl. When they have um, disagreements, how I have to let it play out, how I have to sometimes shut up and then how sometimes I have to come in and be referee. Um, it's just really interesting. Because if I'm teaching all the time and I'm yapping, 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 trying to tell them something, there's no room for them to experience and to grow. It is wild. It is this wild thing where I'm like, this is so fluid. I just have to be present with them. I just have to listen to them. And so it's something about this 12 
for my oldest. Um, and I don't think it'll be the same with our second oldest, but it's something about her walking into 12 that just, it was a change, like a switch. Um, and I've heard parents talk about these middle school years, but I don't think it's about the middle school years. I think it's about the dynamic in which I have to parent her. And it's no longer teaching and lecturing that is in and out of the ear because she I don't think she's my child that thinks she knows it all she may in her head silently (laughs) but she's the child that is trying to walk a line of discovery um, discovering where she falls in the family in the world Um, she's exploring so many different thoughts in terms of strengths and weaknesses and why things are the way they are um that my words at the wrong time can overflow her or confuse her. (laughs) And so the guide, silently guiding, allows her to see how things operate here um, in my conversations with others, how things operate. Um, In particular, oh, this is probably a good path to go down, my conversations with her father because it's teaching her silently in a guide form So not teaching at all, really in a guide form, how to interact with her partner before she really starts interacting with her spouse. And that gets deep because she's 12. Right. And this is why I truly believe that every child has a different flow and they operate. They walk into different steps of growth at different ages. Like I can't say I will go through this journey with all of them at 12. One of them may be 10 and one of them may be 15. <laughs> um, and it's, it's personality based, but it's just such, it's a beautiful thing to look at right now. A few months ago, I was like pulling my locks out <laughs> because I didn't know I didn't realize that I was the hindrance. I didn't realize that my desire to want to teach was hindering her ability to grow. And I always knew that she was watching, as all the kids are. Um, But they showed me this summer that those moments of guiding them through my actions can be more and sometimes are necessary to be more impactful than teaching. And I was like, what a journey this is to embrace, to really be present. And I just am thankful that I'm able to even do that because I get to see my kids in a different perspective. And so every once in a while on the show, I reference a viral clip that really pulled at me. And this viral clip was interesting. Um, It's an older guy at a gas station talking into a car. And I was just like, he said some things. I'm gonna let you hear it before I keep going. It's frustrating. I'm trying to listen to God. I I got my own flesh pulling me here, my own desires, my family, my friends. All these things is distracting me from the truth. And it's difficult to give in. But if you can go through it, you'll come out like gold. If I can go through the fire. They don't want to go through the fire. They want the lotto and go to Jamaica and the Bahamas to do their own selfish thing. But he said, if you wait till I exalt you, I give you desires of your heart. You know what I'm saying? Everybody hurry. I don't know where they're going, but when they get there, oh, they're going to be sorry. The faster you try to get there, their career, their money, and you're going to figure it out that, man, it was the journey. It was not the destination. You're going to hurry to get there, to come up, to be this, to be that. And when you get there, you're going to feel discouraged more than you 
did before you even started to get there. Cause it was the journey, the people that you didn't stop to talk to like me, the people at the gas station. You was in a hurry to get there, but it's the journey, not the destination. Cause the destination is steadily evolving. We always grow in the wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It's always evolving. What I love that he said about this clip is he kept highlighting the journey. Um, he started talking about the tug, right? It's the things that we want to do versus what God is leading us to do. And I feel like that's parenting because I want to have control over how they do things or when they do things because I can see the outcome. I mean, a mom's spiritual guide, um, she can see when her baby is walking um, very close to death. She can see when her child is struggling. She can see when her child is about to bloom. There are things that she can just see that unless God gives you the gift, people around you can't always see that. And so my desires to to see or my desire for my child to be a certain place because I see their capabilities, but I also see how their mind is fighting those strengths, how their mind is fighting those desires that will lead them to greatness. Sometimes my flesh can overstep. Sometimes my flesh can get so excited for them to get to a place that they're either not ready for or they have to make a choice to walk in. And so when he talked about the journey, the journey applies to so many different areas of life. I'm pretty sure there are some of you who heard that clip and you could just feel in the pits of your belly what journey you're on and what journey you're getting pulled from left to right in. And for me, when I was listening to it, I was thinking about a variety of journeys, but parenting is one of them. There is a vision that I have for my kids as I look at their strengths and I had to let that vision go. I had to learn that they will make choices. I just, all I can do is instill a consistent and the most stable foundation possible by listening to the voice of God to do that. And I was just like, whew, huh, that, hit a, <laughs> that hit a hard string because it's a harsh truth. Um, and and I, I just think that with anything, and I was not um, necessarily raising the church, meaning that I went to church every week or five times a week. There were parts of my life where we were grounded and had a church home. Um, but it wasn't my norm. And for so long, um, even after getting baptized and being in the church, I had this notion that, you know, it's going to be better that they're raised in the church. And I do believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly because I want my kids to see when times get hard, I didn't complain. I cried out to God. When times get hard, I didn't look to blame anyone, God included. I took accountability. And when times were great, I still rejoiced. And when times were great, I still took accountability, still fell to my knees and weeped. Like I want them to see all those areas because as life tries them, which it will, when no one's exempt from trials and tribulations, I want them to remember mama being in her prayer closet. I want them to remember that I may have walked in with tears, but I came out with a smile. And that journey is where I find value in raising them in the church. The harsh reality that I've come to realize over the last few months, this summer has just been eye-opening, if you can't tell, around parenting. 
was regardless if I raised them in the church or not, at some point in their life, they have to come to terms and accept Jesus Christ as their savior on their own. And they have to do their their own work. They have to walk their own journey. I can't force them. I can't make them. My faith will sustain them for so long. And every age is different. I mean, my four-year-old, my faith is probably going to sustain her till she's seven. At seven, she's probably going to have a rocket ball of faith and just go for whatever she wants to go for. Because that's her personality. That's her makeup. And um, that's beautiful. And there's another child in our family where, again, we may be at that 15, 16 range where they're still holding on to my faith. And that is one of the pills that I had to swallow and be okay with. Like, be okay with it, Tyra. You can't change that. And understanding that even when I was or am in a teaching role for my kids, it's not to change who they are. They already are who they are. And because I've talked about my journey with God, I have to highlight that they were shaped in my womb and they were given their characteristics. <laughs> I I didn't have control over that and I won't have control over that while they're here on earth. And no matter how hard I scold, how gentle I am, how much love, how many times I wipe the tears, it does not matter which array of responses that I give them. They are who they are. I know who the independent one is. I know in which way each leads because they all lead in a different way. Um, we all have that capability to lead. I know in ways that they follow. It's it's who they are. And one of the things that my husband said yesterday that really I'm still sitting in, he said, we're going to highlight this strength in this child and we'll we'll work through the weakness because I was looking at it from the flip side. Like, let's throw her in here. Let's throw her in here so she could learn how. And he's like, no, we're going to do the opposite so we can build her confidence. And I was like, whoo. Thank God it's two of us, <laughs> right? And so, I don't know. This whole teaching and guiding has been a journey, and I'm just loving it. I'm loving every part of it. Um, my season is so full of love because my kids play such a huge role. I used to work and provide for them, and when God told me to stop— and he literally sat me down in my household like he sat millions of us around the world. I poured everything into teaching them the best way that I could. And some was on my own, like my own mind. So I couldn't sustain it. And some things I did sustain and I've learned how to retool. I had to realize that God is God and he holds a lot of the control that I thought I needed to have. Um and he stripped me from a lot of mentality of what it meant to be a parent, a teacher. And I'm realizing the beautiful bloom of a guide. He told me to teach them for a season. And teaching them for a season looks different for all of them. Because now I have to be at least the oldest guide. <laughs> and I'm sure that there'll be times where I will struggle. I'm sure there'll be times where it's beautiful. It's all part of the journey. And that's what I appreciate the most. And in the clip, he said, it's going to be frustrating. It is going to be frustrating. And what I realized, it's not frustrating because of my kids in this particular journey, or it's not frustrated because 
um, the lack of jobs in a career. It's not frustrating because people aren't doing what I want them to do in my friendships. It's frustrating because I've realized something in me is wrong. <laughs> I want to sit in that, sit in that for a second. The journey is not frustrating because of other people. That's deception. That's easy to point at the flaws of others, whether it's a system or a person. But it's frustrating because I haven't either let go of a concept of how it's supposed to be. I haven't walked into the new season with confidence. I haven't accepted what the journey is really teaching me versus what I thought it would. I haven't accepted the time frame of how long the journey will be and found joy in it until it changes. The frustration is not about other people. It is about seeing myself, accepting myself and moving forward. So when I realized that it was no longer a time for me to be a teacher, but to be a guide, I had to lose control of what I never had control over. But my mind believed that I did. It is the wildest thing, (laughs) y'all. But I love it because in this journey of being a teacher to my kids and transitioning to a new perspective of a guide, they see something different. I learn something different and we grow together. There's not one family that is not flawed. So we're always growing and we're always doing this, this dance of teaching each other and guiding each other. There are things that I've seen my sisters do that never came out of their mouth that I just picked up and said, I'll hold on to. And there are things that I've seen them do that I may have picked up my mouth and told them, (laughs) let that go and make sure that I didn't apply it in my life. You know, we're always doing the gigolo with each other. The beauty of family is to learn. They have been, not only my kids or my husband, my sisters in particular, have been the biggest teachers and guides that I could really ask for. My mom played such a huge role growing up. And I've learned that since leaving high school, my sisters really started to play a role. They were guides in ways that I didn't even know. I didn't even realize until I was looking back, like, whoa, where did I even pick this habit up from? Where did I pick this thought up from? Nine times out of 10, it was one of my sisters, one of our conversations on the phone. And it's just so wild to look back and to see that impact because that means if I'm always getting tired right, if I'm always pointing the finger, finger back at me to be a better version of me, my kids will see that and they'll be a better version, the best version that they possibly can. Not that this process won't go without flaws, but I'll walk away knowing that I poured all that I could in and now it's time for them to make some decisions on their journey. So it wouldn't be right for this type of episode not to close with how to be more tree-like because I do want to be grounded as a wife and as a mother as a daughter and as a sister. I don't want to be up and down, up and down. And sometimes my life may look like that, but internally I want to stay grounded like a tree. So the tree that we have today is accept your limits. Whoa, (laughs) accept your limits. Remember y'all, I'll just be flipping this book open. It's the giant sequoia tree. We all push ourselves too hard sometimes and don't always appreciate the things within our reach. If this is you, think about the giant sequoia tree. This amazing tree can grow as tall as a skyscraper, but it still knows when to stop and take stock. 
These trees use a clever process of evaporation to pump water up into their canopies. But the laws of physics dedicate that this only works about up to 390 feet. The tallest tree on earth is a giant sequoia tree. It stands at 379 feet. You see how profound the laws of physics would allow it to go to 390 feet. The tallest is noted to be 379. Accepting our limits looks like accepting what we have control over and what we don't. And when we have control, have we accepted that this is our place and position in life and learned to thrive in it? Or have we continued to try to keep going? Therefore, then we guide people to follow us in the same way. Accept the limits and accept the tree that you are. Until next time. That's all we've got for today's episode here at Podcast Town Studio. These stories, they connect us. The ultimate question, what was the journey like to freedom? Wait, freedom is agreeing to disagree, different perspectives, healing from within, all because life and legacy are complex. We see people everywhere, but do we really see them? Their thoughts, griefs, pain or struggles? To be strong is to heal. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he will help you catch your breath. Remember to breathe. You're stronger than you think. Make sure you stay connected by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Invisible Talks Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Tyra Elam.